Welcome everybody to another week of Overwatch League coverage brought to you by us. Yeah, you thought I was going to go into like a sponsor or something. Nope, just kidding. <laughs> just us. We don't get sponsored. We don't need sponsors. <laughs> we don't need sponsors. It's not like we're spending any money on this thing, really. Um, this week was weird, to yeah. say the very least. I mean, we thought it was going to be weird, but I'm going to be honest. I didn't think it was going to be this weird. Yeah, although, like, I'm excited. I it's it's a good weird. It is you know, a very it's, it's good not weird. A bad yes, weird. it's a very good weird. Like, I I I want to make this clear. This week was like could potentially be the start of the best like tournament cycle of Overwatch ever. Also, that's a really good sign going towards playoffs. Like, yeah. if playoffs are as good as this week was. Uh. We're in for a treat. A very, very much A very so. messy. A very, very messy, messy treat. treat. But a treat nonetheless. A treat nonetheless. It'll taste good, but it'll get all it's over like your an fingers undercooked, and face. Yeah, yeah. It's like an undercooked brownie, you know? Like, like it's gooey. It's messy. You know, touching it kind of, like, is <laughs> not good. But it's delicious. Very much so. I enjoyed this week. Uh, but before we get into the matches, one piece of news that dropped actually just today. The Overwatch 2 official trailer just dropped oh yeah well not just dropped it was like seven hours ago but the official trailer has come out we are people don't know when we filmed this it dropped 10 seconds ago we are we are now t-minus less than one week from overwatch 2 i mean by the time that we record next week's episode overwatch 2 will have been out for several hours i think i mean they haven't announced like when on the fourth it's going to be released, but I imagine it'll be somewhere in the afternoon or morning. Uh, yeah, hopefully it's pretty early. Although, yeah, normally they have things drop. What it's it's about usually nine nine ten o'clock uh, before noon Western. or around noon Western yeah. on Pacific time. So the final the final six. Let's see, because Overwatch one servers go down what Sunday night I think because they're all, they're they're down on the third. Or are they also down on the second? I don't really remember. Um, all I know is get your get your final Overwatch one games. Uh, I play. I have played a lot a lot over the last couple of days. I have only lost two games over the last five days. It's been. I'm ha- I'm going out. I'm going out on a high note. You know, having fun. I'm just so excited for Overwatch two. Bring it on. Here we go. Yeah, me too. A new era it, coming like, in. I mean, and and this has been coming for such a long time. Like it. You know, now that it's about to come out, like we're a week away from Overwatch 2. Now, like everything feels like, oh yeah, Overwatch 2 is here. But like, it's been a long time coming. You know? It's been three years like, coming. I've I've said this before. I didn't even know my wife when <laughs> um, Overwatch 2 was first announced, and now we have celebrated two years there's uh, your there's your years of marriage in the time that they've been developing overwatch 2 yeah so it's an interesting time frame to 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 point it at yeah it's it's kind of crazy and you know i've i've been telling her all along like as soon as overwatch 2 comes out that i'm gonna be gone for a little while i'm I'm excited i'm so ready in front of my computer yeah i'm pretty i'm so ready for overwatch 2 good and uh i one thing that i'm interested in and 
I, you know, this is something I thought about just recently because you, you sent me the video. They have, um, that video they've released of the like super good graphics. Yeah. On the RTX, the RTX graphics. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see if Overwatch League, um, starts streaming in anything nicer than what they currently do. The reason, but I mean, we all know why they stream the way they do, though, because they don't handle the production firsthand anymore. But one yeah. can hope. It would be awesome for them one to stream in like 8K with like maxed out NVIDIA graphics, but one can hope. But the, the, can hope. regardless of the graphics, the gameplay it was a mess this week. The meta, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, we saw 32 out of 34 heroes played. We saw every tank hero genuinely played. Tank. And we saw... Well, okay. No, no. Could you, we saw every tank. He was played, but could you say... Can you really say that that was genuine? Like Genuine or not, the gladiators did win a round <laughs> with Roadhog. So I, 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 I... You know? Even though it was not... Even though it was a troll pick, you could tell through Reiner's, like, expressions, he, he did play him, and it was successful. Yeah, he got... He got a hook. He got a kill, didn't at he? At the end of... Yeah, it was, like, the very end of the fight. It was, like, the last person. We... It was so much... The meta this week... I mean, we saw every tank, we saw every support, and then we saw everyone but Junkrat and Bastion, which I'm honestly a little surprised we didn't see, like, Junkrat come out on, like, Sanctum or something at Nepal. But... For the Which, most, the thing is, though, is is we could very well see, um, Junkrat in a future week. We could, we could, at some point, like during this tournament cycle, we could have, be able to say that during the you know course of these few weeks, every single champion's been played. Which I don't think that's ever happened in Overwatch League. It may have happened in Kickoff at Clash. Least... But, I mean, that Roadhog pick, I wouldn't say was... I mean, they played it for a whole round. I don't know. I, yeah. I, it seems like everything can work to some extent. For, but it seems like the, the, two, uh, the two regions have different takes on it. It's like NA was using a lot of Sombra. And mm -hmm. either I'm off the goop, or it didn't seem like APAC used it quite as heavily as NA did. Like, yeah, and, and I think part of the reason why it probably felt that way is APAC is normally the the region that you do see the Sombra. Like, even when Sombra is not, you know, North American meta. APAC like, pulls it out, it, yeah. APAC pulls it out from time to time. And so it was really weird that it wasn't, like, as often pick for them. Yeah, you know, like, and, and we still saw it a good amount, but it wasn't, like, yeah. every single match. Like, it did seem like towards the, the tail end of the week, the the North American meta and maybe even just generally was solidified a little bit. It seemed like most teams were going with like Tracer or Genji with a Sombra and then either Winston Diva. And then they'd play like uh, Lucio Ana, Zen Ana, something like that. Some teams experience like obviously the fuel have just gone to the back to their Zarya comp, which I mean, it works for them. So no reason to stop the Charger doing the same, doing Zarya comps. Shanghai dragons are doing a lot of Winston but most teams generally we see a lot of diva i mean we saw junker queen even come out so it seems like anything is viable and it seems like there is kind of a rock paper scissors nature to it like diva kind of rolls winston but winston's good against like the like if you're running double slow flex but it, all around it seems like the teams are generally steering towards more dive centric with sombra just hack yeah. 
hack the main tank or hack one of the supports and just assassinate them and then win. It's good to see Sombra have that assassin kit now because I feel like with the previous hack, couldn't really do anything. Yeah. One thing that I think is worth noting about this meta, um, I think it was, uh, I think it was Backbone in a, oh, excuse me, had the hiccups. Um, Backbone in a post-match interview, he mentioned, um, cause they lost the map to, I think it was after the Titans game, um, or it might've been after Paris. I'm not sure, but he got asked like, about about losing the map and he was like yeah that's one thing about this meta is any team can take a map off of anyone and i think that's you know it kind of showed uh like the matches this week you could kind of get that sense that any team could take you know at least a map off of anyone else mm-hmm. um and in some cases like even more and and it looks like some teams are struggling to adjust a little bit well what it seems like a lot of is like flexibility especially in the tank position is more important than ever and so we're seeing the teams that do have the flexibility in their tank player without having to swap tank players or even to be able to play winston and diva but while also being able to play you know orissa even if you need it uh and like even the dps picks it's like who which dps player do you put on sombra and then if you're gonna play lucio do you put in a main support or do you put your flex support you can play lucio in so this meta probably more than any others has is really like how flexible are you you know how how far can you go with your flexibility so yeah it it was interesting and it caused quite a mess in some of the games this week so let's start with um two teams that kind of came out a little flat um if you're the shock and the dragon should you be worried no i mean shock I, I think really both of those teams, yeah, are are guaranteed their spot in playoffs. Like how much of this is they aren't doing well versus it doesn't matter anymore. Like honestly, these matches don't matter to them when it comes down to it. Like yeah. sure, seeding might matter and stuff, but when it comes down to it, it's like yeah. these teams, no matter where they enter the playoffs at this point, if they lose every game this match, it wouldn't surprise me if if either of these teams won everything. And, and that's just how these teams are, you know? And, and so one bad week, it's whatever. Even if it's this whole stage, they, they kind of struggle. I'm not worried about either of them going into playoffs. Well, but the problem is if this is the playoff meta. Still won't worry me because, like, these are teams that show up when there's pressure. Uh, Shock has had problems with it I mean, this year. Shock but has had problems. So has but... Dragons a little bit, but it's like... I, but generally, like... Because dry, what it seemed like for Shock... Shock were doing weird things. Yeah. Uh, the Krusty Crack Pipe came out full swing, especially in the Justice match. I don't know why they continuously just played Mikey Ball with Bap. Like, it's not Mikey's fault. The comp just sucked. I, yeah, I think they I, came in really with the sure wrong... I think they came in with a misread of what the meta was. Because... It, it, and even, like watching their matches this week proper really didn't like consistently do what he normally does it was kind of weird uh yeah. and like it it was uncharacteristic for the shock especially because considering they'd only lost one regular season match up to this point and it was to the fuel and then they come out and just drop two 
Yeah, but I mean, the the thing about it is like, what was the problem? Like the comps were the problem in the first match. Yeah, exactly. And and so it's like if you have comps, and and then if like you have players not popping off like they normally do, neither of those are big issues. It's not necessarily that they were playing the meta and then just doing it poorly. It's like they were playing weird things and it wasn't working. So it's like, well, in their second match, they went back to more meta stuff. They stuck with Collusion, and played a lot of Diva, and still lost. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. It, it just seems it just seems off for them. But then again, I think it's their turn to take a stage where they get kind of uncomfortable because both Fuel and Gladiators have had that. And I think yeah. I think I saw a tweet where it was like the the winner of the losers finals has underperformed the following stage. So, like, Fuel did it in Midseason Madness after winning the lower finals in Kickoff Clash, and then Glads did it Midseason Madness, and then in Summer Showdown they underperformed. So, it's, I mean, I, you can't go the whole season without getting unlucky with meta. I, I just hope that they get it figured out. I mean, to be fair, they didn't, they didn't have, like, a day to fix their problems from the Justice match into yeah. the Outlaws game. Well, um, and the Outlaws played out of their minds. Merit? Yeah, they, they had a turnaround. I think for the Shock... Because they don't have, I wouldn't say that they have a super cushy schedule. Because they still have to play. They play Spitfire. They play. I think they play the Rain, and they also play the Defiant. So they don't play any pushover teams for the most part. So I mean, they're really getting basically what Gladiators had last stage, and they're just gonna have to to fix themselves. It's just they've now lost more games in one week than they have the rest of the regular season combined. But you know, whatever. Dragons, on the other hand, um. I think the dragons are suffering from what they suffered in the kickoff clash. I think it's yeah. the same kind of issue. Yeah, it definitely seems that way. Um, but I think just like with the kickoff clash, it's not anything that's uh, going to stick around forever. Uh, we say that, but I mean, this is a problem that the dragons have been having all season. Is like if they're not able to just permanently play void, they do not look very good. Yeah, and I, yeah, I I think they definitely have more of a tank issue than, like I I think especially in the soul match, you you really saw Smurf just kind of walk all over fate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and even Fleta was Fleta has been having a very poor year compared to other years that he's had, and. Like that, coupled with the, their, I mean, they're running like Lucio Moira comps. I mean, they're all in on the Fate Winston when really I think they should just go the Dallas route, just play Void all the time because they just look so much better when Void is in. Because losing to Dynasty 3 0, I mean, yeah, they beat Dynasty 3 0 twice last stage. So, I mean, you can't really, like, okay, I guess it's just the flip of the script, but then they lose to Charge as well. And I mean, if if you lose the charge, that means you might lose to teams like Hunters. You may fall to Fusion. I mean, yeah, they're they're guaranteed playoffs, but seeding, I would imagine they want to be able to get top four so that they can have a buy in the first round of playoffs. And if mm-hmm. if this is the playoff meta, then I would be worried for Dragons. Shock will figure it out, but Dragons have been having this issue all season. Well, I feel like if Dragons can find a way to, you know, like we said, play, you know do do kind of the Dallas fuel thing and and play to their strengths. I I think they'll be fine. And I think this meta does allow for it. Um also I think Kiriko could kind of point things in Shanghai's favor because like if you look at mm-hmm. 
when Shanghai does well, it, it's comps that are very similar to like the Overwatch one style of play, where it's like it's a lot of very strong team based comps. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and I think that's where they kind of excel, and I think Kiriko kind of um, enables that. It, yeah, yeah. She she. she definitely especially with her ult i i could see her being a character that kind of plays to shanghai's strengths and so if she's meta that could be a thing yeah i i just hope they get it figured out because i don't want to see the shocker the or dragons just boom out in the playoffs that'd be kind of unfortunate yeah especially after like especially, especially yeah with shock doing so good the first you know few stages of this of this year if they like if this is the beginning of the downfall for them that's just i mean at the end of the day a good regular season means nothing if you can't do anything at the playoffs at the end of the year yeah like the difference between a perfect season and a team that goes 500 doesn't matter if the team that goes 500 wins the whole thing so it's not about how you get there it's what you do when you actually get there so hopefully they're able to write the ship in this next week there were some teams this week, though, that surprised us a little bit. Uh, I want to start with the Valiant. Even though they did lose, you know, they they performed better against the Dynasty than I think the Dragons did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be I... honest. And then they beat the Fusion. It seems like the Fusion are just the team that just lose to Valiant. Han yeah. and Dia kind of popped the heck off when they were playing. Yeah, it was a... Uh... It was a cool match to watch, especially because coming into this, we were like, oh man, the Valiant are boomed. They just, you know, lost their coach. And Marv won. He's that, back. The fact that they even like played is, you know, admirable. But the fact that they were able to put up like good performances, kind of, kind of crazy. I, I think the Valiant are continuing the narrative this season that if you're doing poorly, just fire a head coach and then suddenly you're better. I mean, it worked for Boston. It worked for Defiant. Paris Eternal, take notes. Take it notes, begs Paris. The question. Head coaches. What are they good for? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. I, I well, I don't know. I mean, on the Spitfire, good. I just feel like <laughs> I know. I, I it's just kind of odd that it's now happened. I'm pretty sure almost every team that has fired their head coach so far in the middle of the season has gotten better, Still at least better. in the following matches. Like Paris Eternal, take notes. Yeah. Take notes. You might, you might, you might want to maybe well, change something. Yeah, I think what it comes down to, and you know, I I don't know the behind the scenes kind of deal, but but it's like, just I've noticed that if if you're in a bad environment in terms of like just being surrounded by people you hate or whatever, mm. it's hard to do well. And so if there's contention between coach and players or there's not respect between coaches and players, mm. like it's, it's just not possible to, to do well, you know, as a team because there isn't that team unity or anything like that. And so I think, uh, you know, with these teams, like there's obviously reasons for firing the coaches and we don't know all of those. I mean, Valiant is kind of a weird circumstance. Only signing half season worth of a contract. <laughs> yeah. And and so I don't know that it's necessarily the case with that, but I think for at least, you know, at least one of the firings in the past, you know, couple months, it definitely feels like that 
might have been the case. And so maybe it, it might be something like that with the Valiant. I mean, their well. season is still they they can still make it. They are two points behind the charge, <laughs> and they do play the charge, obviously, but they have to get an extra win in there somewhere. Speaking of the charge, though, I think they out of they probably swung up the most. Obviously, like coming out of summer um, out of summer showdown, like the charge did go into that tournament as what, the four seed. So like they were, or was it the three seed? They went in with a good seeding, and like this team is looking on the up and up. And despite what we all thought, Piggy actually came in and just replaced Krong and kind of rolled. I mean, rolled is kind of like I I'm kind of on the, not necessarily on the you know Guangzhou charge train with this week because it's like they lost to Chengdu in five though. And then they beat Shanghai in five, but it's the Shanghai that got three would by Seoul. Like we we just you know talked about how Shanghai's obviously having problems, and so Guangzhou winning isn't like that absurd. And so I I think things aren't in a terrible spot for Guangzhou, but like if they were to play, um, I mean I think play... they beat ha- almost half the teams in APAC. Because Spark look like a mess, like always. Yeah. They beat Valiant in the head-to-head, and I think they'd take it to Fusion. I don't know that they'd beat Valiant, though. uh, I think that they'd be able to beat Valiant. I think it'd be close. I I do think it would be very close. Charger playing quite differently than a lot of teams. They're going really heavy on on Choice 01 with Nanoblades and stuff. And they're also doing Dallas Fuel's Zarya comp. I don't think there's any other team other than Dallas who is playing Zarya more than Charges. I mean, they're going all in on the Piggy Zarya and all in on the Choice of One Genji. So it's a very, very unique strategy to them because not even Fuel are pocketing that heavy into a Genji, even though Edison did pull it out a whole lot this past week. That's not typically what they build their, their Zarya comps around. But yeah. I, I think that they would be able to to beat Valiant. And even if they if they played Hunters again, I wouldn't... I think that they would be able to take, you know... They played 10 times. I wouldn't be surprised if Charge took half of those. So Charge are definitely top three, top four in the region. Because they, they'd take down Spark. And they just took down Dragons. And with how inconsistent Fusion are, I would probably take Charge over them. I think the only team that you would... That they are would not be favored against his dynasty, but I mean, who's who is favored against dynasty? Nobody. So, so my random um, hypothetical question with the charge. So this week we got to see what Piggy can actually do right now, which we never really saw in Houston. And so my question is: Is there a world out there where if Houston had just leaned into the Piggy's Aria? in stage like the first couple stages like and kind of did a dallas fuel thing earlier in the year like would they have been able to i don't think they would have performed better than they would have i because i mean the last they've gone four and two every no they went four and two the first the first and third stage and went five and one in mid-season madness i don't think a piggy zarya comp would have helped them get further in playoffs because Kickoff Clash, they were knocked out by the Shock. Midseason Madness, they were knocked out by a red-hot Atlanta team. And then Summer Showdown, they just didn't perform. It wasn't, they just, they didn't get, like, beat in a close game. They just got rolled. So I don't, it's like, 
I don't think having if they had leaned into the piggy Zarya, I think their season probably would go about the same. Because I, I they're just like I, I Piggy is a good is a is a very good player. It just seemed like the outlaws decided to go in a different direction. But I don't think leaning into Piggy would have changed their current what what their record is up till now and how they've performed up to now. Now it may help the future look better, but up until this point, they probably have the same record. I don't imagine it well, would have changed anything. And, and I think you know on that same kind of note, because I I'm in the same boat as you. My my reasoning, I think though leans heavily on like what like when outlaws is doing well like why what 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 looks good i i think the zarya zarya comps go good with the teams that just can read each other's minds and just play as a team out of and like just the hive mind teams yeah 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 and outlaws is not no the outlaws are not a hive outlaws it's pelican merit popping off or dante popping up off or Lastro getting some crazy boops like it's always like pop off performances. yeah i don't and think it's piggy, like any of their piggy wouldn't because well, we saw when piggy was in the team did not look as decisive in what they did whereas with the charge it looks like he just slots in better i mean it could be it's an all-korean team he's you know yeah back in asia them. and they have a very specific kind of play style so it's good to see i mean we didn't think he was gonna get playtime because krong yeah. wasn't performing poorly but they just seem maybe Piggy Zarya is just better than Krongs, yeah. which would be why he's playing. So I think that they have a lot to prove, and they just have to fend off the the Valiant, and then they should be safe. Uh, the final team that performed quite well this week was the Boston Uprising. I don't want to talk about it. You don't want to talk about the I'm Boston just... Uprising? <laughs> Uprising no, came actually... out swinging this week. <laughs> out of out, know, out of these three, tragic. it was. I'm just kidding. It was beautiful. Boston it, it was... looked very good. Yeah, it it was it was interesting to see because like you look at their game against the Outlaws and you could be like, oh, that you know they just read the meta better than Outlaws and you know everyone gets lucky every once in a while. But then to go and, and just three and, and Florida, roll the few, roll the mayhem, like, yeah. Okay, like maybe these guys are finally living up to because you know we've been talking for a long time about how like Boston. They they show like these hints of life. They show that they they can do well, but they just never quite um, show up when it matters. They never keep Punk in all the time. Yeah. Genuinely, yeah. if Punk had just been the hundred percent starter from day one, Boston probably would have a five hundred record. And uh, yeah, this this week they looked really good, and and it'll be cool to see if they uh, they can continue it up. Who are they playing next week? Uh good question. Look that up for us. Will do. It was just fun. It, Punk is is so good. I don't know why why he was ever benched, ever. Like they have the 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 map win rate discrepancy between when Punk is in versus when the other tanks are in is crazy. There's no other team in the league that has that big of a discrepancy between their tank players. At all, like his win percentage, map win percentage, I think is over sixty percent now, and their other tank win percentage is like what thirteen percent. It's tragic. Oh, they've got a rough. Who do they got? Of games coming down. Uh, so they are playing against Washington. Winnable. And they're playing against the Glads. Uh, probably not winnable. <laughs> I don't know if those are both. 
I would say next Justice. I think they're probably they're probably both next week. The Justice game is definitely winnable for Boston. The Glads game is not, unfortunately, for Boston. But they probably aren't. If they're being realistic, they probably aren't looking at the Glads match going, oh, here we go, guys, here it is. They're probably looking at the Justice match and looking at other games uh, and prepping for those. Because, I mean, they are, they are comfortably in play-ins. I think they're, like, yeah. three or four points ahead of New York like, and, of, and of Titans. They, they have no chance of falling out. They're just fighting for seeding right now. Yeah. So, I, hope uprise, I hope the Uprising continue trending upwards. And now... Huh. The Outlaws. Uprising. Oh, okay. Uh, this week, we had another case of a tale of two outlaws. Um, I think the question, the, the question that must be brought up then is, was the game against Uprising a trial game, or did they just get outclassed? Because we saw it at the beginning of the Summer Showdown as well, when Doge played the entire time. And then they got reverse swept, which is a different situation than what they had this week because they just got rolled. But it's like, are they? What are the outlaws trying to do with Doge? I. It's like, I'm not sure what their plan is with him. Yeah, I. I feel like Doge is one of those players that it's hard to know exactly like what his future is going to be like because like I know. He's supposed to be like really solid player, but so far in all the Overwatch League matches, he's just kind of fallen flat. Um, pretty much, I I'm pretty sure he has like. Does he have any map wins? Well, yeah, he they they because they went to he won two of the four maps that they played oh, against yeah, New York. Was, so it's like they looked good yeah, so for he, two maps when he was in, and they got reverse swept. So like that series you don't you can only take so far but like this match that they played against Boston it's like you I don't I know think part of that is Punk looked Punk looked crazy. really good. The Outlaws were getting dismantled but, and it seemed like they lacked a lot of initiative when they were playing. Like they just kind of stood there and Doge just kind of got farmed like perma farmed especially in Eichenwald. They would just kind of stand there and either the backline would die or Doge would just be out of mech all the time. Well, and I th I think you know, largely what it comes down to is Dante is such a... A gaming like, warlord? Yeah, well, and I think part of it is, like, he's kind of the voice, the in-game voice, most likely, from what it looks like. It's what like it seems stuff. like. And so I think, you know, with him out and Dojin, I, I think it just cuts communication down. You don't have... Because Dante, you look at the way he plays a lot of the time, and, you know it definitely seems like he's the one calling the dive targets and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And, and it seems like no one's doing that when Doge is in. And as a result, they just fall get apart. engaged on and fall apart. So then the question is, because we know from Doge has said that he will not be coming to the U S except for LAN events. So that tells me that he will be there for playoffs potentially, but that he's not going to be in the U S during the season. Now, as to whether or not what that means for next season, I don't know. Like, if I'm looking at this Outlaws roster, the only thing we know is Pelican will not be on this roster next year. There's no way Pelican stays. I don't think that there's any shot that he really does because he probably doesn't want... Yeah. Because he came for Piggy. So they'll have a hole in Flex DPS. Do you fill that with Dante? Or do you have Dante grind out tanks and become a tank player? 
No, I think you just leave him tank. Like, I, I think the role's fitting him. The team's gotten used to it. And if you're keeping most of the same roster, you just keep Dante. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, like, you just keep him on tank. Because, like, he's good on DPS. Like, he's really good on DPS. But, like, is he... I, I feel like it's... It, it seems to be that there... It, it's easy to find good dps players it's not necessarily as easy to find good tank players you know mm-hmm. which is why like if we talk about dp dps characters it's like you cho- you choose any one character and it's like you can list you know 10 players in the league that are just absolute legends on them but you you choose a tank character and it's like they're like three or four you know like like it's just the 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 tank role is so much more specialized and as a result, it's harder to find people that can flex around. And so Dante has the, the, the kind of, he's the type of player that can grind out and, and become good at the, the, the heroes. Yeah. So then yeah, I, so- yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think that there's enough, there's enough talent and contenders that'll be coming into the league next year that the outlaws should be able to find a Pelican replacement of some kind. And obviously, assuming Pelican leaves, because there, I there mean, there's a, a world chance. in which he doesn't. But I think we're yeah. all operating under the assumption that he probably will leave, just under because of the circumstances in which he came to the team, no longer being the case. I, I mean, if he stays, well, then great. But I think even if he doesn't stay, I don't. I, as long as the outlaws don't just like whiff on talent, which honestly, as as far as as long as Junkbuck has been with the team, they've actually been really good with scouting contenders' talent. Because last season yep. they got Jungu and Piggy who were both good for the team. And this year they found Merritt, who has been a really good player for the team, and then have made the decision to put Dante on tank. And, like, from the outside, it looks like a really weird decision, and it looks like it's cruxing them a little bit. But I think if they just lean into it, if, if they just... There are rumors that Junkbuck won't be staying with the team for next year, which means it, pro- it might just be Jake's team. Uh, and honestly, if I'm Jake, I almost, like, have a talk with Dante and, like figure out if Dante wants to go back to DPS or if he's like down for anything. And if he's down for anything, I almost, I almost say Jake should just tell him grind out the tank heroes, just become a tank player. He's even said, because like a little while back there was talk that he wanted um, to play DPS again. Yeah. He wanted to play DPS again. And he came out and he was like, I don't care what I play. I just want to play. And I just want the team to win. And so it's like, I, I think he's the you know assuming that's true and it definitely feels that way it mm-hmm. feels like he he puts you know the the team and and just playing anything above like his personal preferences and if that's the case then like I you know I I say just grind tank I want to see the Dante Reinhardt next year let's see it <laughs> let's see the Dante Reinhardt <laughs> uh, uh. Enough of that, though. Uh, the final teams to end on, just kind of briefly, uh, the Rain and the Gladiators. Uh, Rain took down the Defiant, but then they played New York, which aren't a great team, so I don't really know how much you can say there. And then Gladiators play Mayhem and Titans. So, I mean, you can only take so much from those games, but it, it looks like they're back. They're back after a fairly tragic summer showdown it looks like reigning gladiators have been able to right the ship a little bit and are back in their comfort zones yeah probably yeah 
And with yeah, shock, probably. it's shocks. <laughs> it's shocks turn to take a little bit of a nosedive. So it's glads up to fight the fuel for number one. And rain will continue to do their things and probably throw a regular season match or two, like they always do. Because <laughs> rain are still fighting for guaranteed playoffs. I, their win with Defiant going zero and two and them going two and zero. I believe rain have jumped them in the standings. I think they are now a point ahead of them, if I'm not mistaken. I think they're now at 14, and Defiant still sit at 13. Oh, and now, really what they're looking at is seeing if they can jump the Spitfire. Now, the Spitfire start their gauntlet of... Oh, my goodness. They start their gauntlet yeah. this week. And, but Rain do still have to play Shock, but I feel like with how Shock is looking, that's winnable for the Rain. So I think Rain are probably gunning for that fifth seed. If not the fourth seed, if the Outlaws boom out a little bit, but at least the fifth seed. They, they're they looking in a better spot than Glads are just trying not to lose the three seed, which they shouldn't. So, yeah, just fun mentioning them. But now let's um, attempt to construct power rankings from what we saw this week. And we won't do what all these other crazy people... And putting do. Spitfire a bottom four team in the league. All right. Yeah, I have seen some of the worst... Both Power Vast region. and Custa put Spitfire super low. Like, I get that Spitfire played, like, the two worst teams in NA, but that doesn't mean that they're, like, we're, like I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. So, looking at this, Fuel 1, Glads 2, is there any, any arguments there? I don't think no. so. No, I, I think that's solid. Shock are not in the top tier anymore. I, I think they dropped below this first tier break that we have. Yeah, and I would put Outlaws 3. Outlaws 3, do in, in the tier break with Glads and Fuel or no? Uh, not yet. And then Rain 4 then, I would imagine? Yep, Rain 4, and then I'd go Shock. I'd go sh I would go Shock, and then Justice Spitfire, Spitfire Justice. Or Boston, where do we want to throw Boston into there? Do we think that Boston... Boston goes under at this point. Okay. So um, I guess it's just like, where do we think Spitfire lies in, in terms of Toronto and Justice? Because Justice kind of got, I mean, they played about as well as, you, as a team of that caliber could expect against Fuel. Like you get the pity map and then you just kind of like lose a slow death. And then they took it to five against Shock. And then Defiant lost a close game against Rain and then got reverse swept against Excelsior. But I mean, you and I have our feelings when it comes to reverse sweeps in that they're not always a very good indicator of whether or not that team is worse than the team that beat them. So I don't imagine that we should be too hard on Defiant considering their losses. I think it's just how do we think Justice, do we think what Justice did this week will be normal? And I think that's a very solid question. And... um I don't know, like, will the Justice be able to continue on? That's been the question all season, and every single time they've dropped the ball. So I, I think you can't rely on the Justice to yeah, be consistent from week to week. It's like, kind of like, you know, like, I, I always give teams the benefit of the doubt, you know, like, Shock, they have one bad week. I'm not going to drop them down to the bottom of the list. Yeah. You know, Justice, they have you know, a good week here and there, I'm not going to jump them to the top. So I think... I, I think they're definitely above Mayhem, and I think... Yeah, definitely, but... I, I But then the question is, do we think they could beat Defiant or Spitfire? 
I think then is the question. Yeah, and I think on a good day, yeah, they could be either one of them. But so then, so then let's keep them. I say then maybe keep them below Spitfire and Defiant for now, as we're kind of feeling it out. Yeah, and I think Boston is one team, like definitely in the same tier. I think they're definitely above Mayhem. pop above any of the other teams as time goes on but at this point i would put them under justice yeah because i mean they beat the outlaws but the outlaws they beat weren't that was a different outlaws like and obviously different outlaws they just had a different they didn't have dante in and then they beat the mayhem convincingly so i definitely think the mayhem aren't in the same tier as these middle teams um mayhem above titans yes no I would think uh, so. I mean, they performed yeah. better against Gladiators than Titans did. I honestly think Mayhem are almost in a tier of their own because I think they could convincingly beat New York, Paris, and Titans, but I, I mean, they got rolled by Uprising. So my question is, does New York go above Vancouver? Uh, New York got... They beat Toronto. They beat Toronto and then got put in their place okay. by Atlanta. It's against Atlanta, and it was a pretty strong Atlanta. True. I would probably say you could probably put New York above Titans. And For then and I, I think New York could be competitive with Mayhem. I think they could be. So yeah. I would put Mayhem and New York in their own tier, tier break, and then Titans. Do we think there's a tier break between Titans and Paris? Think Do we think there's... there's a big gap between those two right now? I don't think so. I mean... It's still hard to tell with this meta being new, and both both teams kind of had some rough games this mm-hmm. week, like just rough matchups, and they have a lot of that, you know, over yeah, the yeah, next yeah. couple weeks. So it's hard to say. I would I would keep them together. For keep now. them together, and then do we? Could there be an argument made to throw a tear break in this middle group of seven? I feel like you could make an argument to put a tear break between Shock Spitfire. Or even yeah, between Rain and Shock, but I think Shock Spitfire a tier break probably makes more sense there. Yeah, that, that's exactly where I would put it. If if we were because to... even though Shock lost to Justice, I don't think that that's they were playing weird stuff. There's no way they do that again. Yeah. But it... I think if they have a really ridiculously bad week this week, then we um, can think about dropping them below teams. Then... Yeah. I think we dropped them a little lower, but but one one bad week is nothing. No, especially against a good Outlaws team and then the Justice. Yeah. Anybody can lose and, the Justice. I feel like San Francisco Shock, they fill the same spot as me um, in my head as uh, if you look at Cloud9 um, in the LCS. Like this year, for example, going into playoffs, they were fifth seed. Cloud Nine was mm-hmm. going into LCS um, uh, playoffs, and then they ended up just stomping and winning everything. And it's like everyone always acts surprised when stuff like that happens, but it's like it's Cloud Nine. That's what they do. And San Francisco Shock, no matter how far we put them on the tier list, like they'll be able to get back. There's to where always they the chance that at playoffs they just run away with it because it's the Shock, and that's what they do. So what they do. Moving over to the chaos that is APAC. Dynasty 1, tier break. Yeah. One tier break or two tier breaks? Uh, we'll do one for now. Just one for now. All right. I would say the second best team in we'll APAC. Each week. I would say the second best team in APAC from this week definitely looked like the Hunters. The Hunters looked the most comfortable out of the remaining teams. I mean, Which they really 
weird they took down the charge and then uh what was the other game they took down is the spark wasn't it pretty convincingly a 3-1 i believe so hunters definitely the second i mean they keep getting away with it they keep lucking out with jinmu's hero pool (laughs) i don't know how they keep doing it um i then the argument comes who is third is it charge or is it valiant i think it's charge i think it's charge as well and then i think you put Mm, see now it's weird I wouldn't drop dragons any lower. Yeah, I think dragons spot. stay fourth. Like, they had a bad week, but yeah, yeah I, I think dragons are fourth. So then, spark, I think, are definitely dead last. They looked yeah. the worst this week. So and valiant just beat fusion. So I think you have to put valiant above the fusion, right? Like just this week. Yeah. Are there any tier breaks anywhere in here? In this uh, bottom group. I don't think so. Like I, I think things descend. Pretty, pretty pretty standard. Like if I were to put one, it'd probably be between Dragons Valiant. But yeah, I don't think Dragons looked good enough this week to. No, Dynasty are the only team that. that looked far and above better than everybody else. So, I I uh, the see these power rankings look way more reasonable than everything else. I mean, I can't tell. You, I mean, I don't know how people are genuinely putting Boston above Shock. Like yeah. Boston looked good this week. But no, they're not. No, that Boston team is not beating the shock. Yeah, it's not happening. <laughs> I think what it comes down to is uh, people don't watch the matches, and <laughs> the people who and get I'm paid saying, to analyze the, the matches. The people that get paid to analyze, they aren't watching. They aren't the watching the matches. They don't know Overwatch. <laughs> they don't know anything. Oh, they're the man. qualified ones. We should get paid for this. I, I think our power rankings, I think the only changes you can make are just in the, in the NA side on that that third, that basically that middle tier of Spitfire, Defiant, yeah. Justice, Uprising. I feel like those four could flip any which way. Yeah. So, but overall, I'm, I'm Am I putting Spitfire higher than most people would because I'm a Spitfire fan? Eh, maybe. Uh, but I mean, but, I'm agreeing with you, uh, though. I, mean, it, it, I think it, it fits. I mean... The thing is, is like people look at their games and they're like, oh, they were a little closer than they should have been. Yeah, but everyone like, is rating them lowly because they, they lost won. a map to Paris and to Titans. But they, but they won. But they won, exactly. And, and if you look at the way they, they played those games, like I don't know if you noticed this, but London played those matches like really conservatively. Yeah, like, they, didn't, they, they, they played not they would, to lose. It was weird. They would hold a point and they would get 99% and then they would just like be saving ults and lose the fight. And then the other team would come back and get like 80%, mm-hmm. but then Spitfire would come and wipe them out. So it's like all the matches, all the maps were pretty close, but then the Spitfire, like it was never a doubt whether or not. The yeah. Spitfire I, I think we'll see what Spitfire really is made of this week. Cause this week yeah. is brutal yep. fuel gladiators and back to back days. I'm pretty sure that is quite possibly the hardest week at, well, week schedule that Think about is conceivable. This. If they take, if they survive this week, if they take maps off of either of these teams, like if they look competitive, then if they're able to take like, a map off of, of these, if they're at least able to take one map off of Fuel and Glads, that's that's yeah, you can. And walk if either happy. of them go to a map five. Then you can then walk away really it. happy for the Spitfire. Yeah. If they if they make it to map five, they win. If they lose both of these matches and then beat the Shock next week, or at least look competitive against the Shock, uh, I think 
that's still amazing for them. And and I think no matter what, like those three matches, mm-hmm. which I think are their next three, I think they no. The so shock. I think they play New York. I think they play New York oh, next week, shock. and then Shock. So they've got a, a little bear. They've got a buffer in there, and then they'll play Shock. It's just but yeah. I think uh, either way, like those three matches, honestly, don't like they aren't deal breakers. No, they, they don't kill London. But if London wins any of them, then like they are deal breakers. <laughs> yeah, like like that's the thing, and and so I think next like this this week it's really rough for London. But if London look good at all, then it's a win. It's a win. It's and an so, so I think it's win win for London. Win like, win for no, London. There's no like bad. No, there's no there's no downsides for London. Yeah. So. Moving on to predictions, our favorite part when we get to Fred APAC games and have no idea what's going on. I, hey, you, I mean, you got the Dynasty Pred this last week. So, yeah, I, mean, I flipped the coin the right way this time. You and I tend to pretty much always pred the same in the Dragons Dynasty matchup, and it like yeah, it's, never it's, is it's consistent. A, it's never consistent. <laughs> it's because I'm a Shock fanboy, and, and they got my boy. All right. So the first match, Dragons versus Fusion. Uh, the inconsistent team versus do dragons bounce back? Uh, I think the dragons bounce back. I'm gonna hope in Moon's coaching that they're gonna learn from their mistakes this week. But I could see MN3 just decide to show up and go, nope, I win. Sorry. Yeah, I I'm in the same boat as you. I I think, you know, like I said, it was it was one bad week, and and if they decide to opt in and and play the things that they are comfortable winning with Mm -hmm. then i think they'll do fine i think they were just misplaying a lot this yeah i hope that they turn things around but i mean if there was a team that would just beat the dragon fusion have this season occasionally just decided to show up and beat the dragons next up shock defiant i think crusty turns it around i don't see defiant beating this team you yeah, I, I think like if this was against the Glads, London, <laughs> you know, Dallas, Atlanta, any team that's like above that, the anything that we have above the shock in the power rankings, or any team, honestly, any team that we have. I mean, Defiant like, are. Even, I, I think if they were playing Boston this week, there's a chance. No, I would tread Boston, but I I don't like the defiant and that's what it comes down to. So I'm going <laughs> it simply comes down to i don't like your crappy team <laughs> i think shock turn around i think they're fine this week all right next one rain versus justice i think this comes down to which justice shows up but i think regardless i think uh speedily venom clear have you noticed that the justice have gotten so much more reliable since happy left they got no. They got more consistent since they had players. They no longer had players to rotate in and out of their roster. Exactly, and so uh, I think just for the heck of it, I'm gonna. You're gonna go the justice. Justice. I yeah, think this should I, be a I good think, game. Yeah, I think it'll be a good game, and and I think it'll come down to like who's popping off because I I think. These teams are both fairly evenly matched. Well, and they play their I, own weird stuff. Rain, I think, is one of the only teams that consistently was coming on speedily Echo. 
Uh, there was a lot of echo coming out of the rain, and we will probably most definitely see a battle cattle mirror matchup between Kalios and Hawk, which, which should we be haven't fun. Really seen much of. We've seen a a, a little bit. We've seen a little bit of mirror. I think. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was mirrored in NA, but I don't remember who mirrored yeah. it. I can't remember either. But we haven't seen a ton of it. It wasn't. Like, no. Match or anything, but I, I so, I'm I hope this match is good. I hope Justice show up, and I hope Rain just continue to do what they were doing, so we can have a, a super good match. Moving yeah. back over to the Apex side of things, Valiant versus Spark. Mm, I think it's going to be Valiant. I also think it's going to be Valiant. Spark was so terrible last Spark, week. Spark, I, I I'm going to need somebody to explain to me why Teru and Neko are in over. At the very least, why Super Rich isn't playing. Like, okay, fine. If you want to bench Irony, fine. But Super Rich has been playing fine out of the two. Like, if you had to pick one of them, I would pick always. Like, Neko hasn't played on a roster in, like, two years. Yeah. And Teru used to be a DPS player. Yeah, it's kind of all over the place. And Spark like, are just defaulting into their old ways of, oh, we have players to sub in, we will sub them in. Why do they have so many players? It's in the contract. <laughs> they must always have a 12-man roster. <laughs> I just... It's, it's ridiculous. Oh, I mean, it's not as ridiculous as the five DPS players. The, on the five roster. Valiant DPS players? Yeah. But I don't know. Like, Spark, you're off the goop. Always. And then the final match of the week that we want to pred. This one should be very good. Atlanta Reign, San Francisco Shock. Or very bad. Or very bad. I think it more depends on how well Shock is able to change. Well, earlier I said, you know, if this if the Shock game was against any of the, any teams, the teams above them. So I, I, I've got to I'm going with the rain. The rain are just, like, I'm hoping, like, I'm a Shock fan. Like, when it comes down to it, you know, just historically, I, I've always liked the Shock. Mm -hmm. And so it's like... I really want the shock to win. I, I want the shock to turn it around, but I think rain are just coming back with a vengeance after not making the tournament. And they're looking really strong right now. Yeah. And the shock haven't given any indications that the rain have more to play for than the shock yeah. do this stage. I mean, rain that, are playing, are playing to guarantee playoff spots. Shock are really only playing to keep the one seed or the two seed as a spitfire fan. I'm you want the shock to win. <laughs> so, it, it, but it should be interesting. I think that's potentially going to be, you know, kind of like... That should be contender for match of the week. There aren't really any other game. I mean, unless Spitfire shows up, but at least going into the week, Shock Rain looks to be the best match of the week. Yeah. At least it but should be. Either of the Spitfire matches could... Could turn into... Like, a legendary classic match of, like, epic proportions. Because but, the Outlaws... For the first time this season, have a bye week, so I'm not rooting for anybody in particular. Oh, wow, that's weird. Except I'm not directly rooting for the Spitfire, only because I need to keep the point buffer. But if they win, so be it. The Outlaws still have a two-point buffer. Uh, and now we end with play of the week, which... We were going... We were going... When we were launching the Outlaws-Boston match, there was a Pulse Bomb... That creative slept, he slept Valentine and killed him with his own pulse bomb. And I was going to do that, 
But then a certain thing happened during the Dragon's Dynasty match that was too good to pass up. Lip thinks he's like, oh, I've got Fitz. I got him. And then the changes perspectives and Fitz is right there. <laughs> him and Prophet just take him out back. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Of a Sombra camping, the other Sombra's translocator, but the other Sombra is in the room and ready to just jump him and take him out. Yeah, it was... Uh... Like, it, it was, was like, it was so funny. It was so funny. It was, uh, <laughs> like Trid, Trid lost it. He, they were, they were just losing it there. <laughs> and the, the casters were, it was just so funny. Cause you're just like, oh, Lip has got him. And then the observers just changed perspectives. You're like, oh wait, nope. He's actually being hunted. Sorry, Lip. Bye-bye. Unlucky. GG go next. Try again next week. <laughs> Unlucky. Um, yeah. So we move into another week next week, but this time Overwatch 2 will be in our hands. I will probably have yeah. spent all of the day playing Overwatch 2 because I only have one class in the mornings and nothing else. So I will be playing nothing but Overwatch 2 on Tuesday. Yeah, and that that's going to be weird. You know, yeah, the next time we put out an episode... Overwatch we'll 1 will be Overwatch no more. Overwatch 2 players. And yeah, Overwatch will be dead. Like, I mean, it's already dead. It's a dead game. But it'll be, it'll be more dead. It'll, it'll actually cease to exist. It'll actually be yeah. six feet under, never to be seen again. No resurrection and, for this game. Yeah, and now uh, 5v5. 5v5 forever. Just, I won't have to wait 20 minutes to find a DPS game. Yeah, because everyone's gonna want to play I Kiriko. Earlier today, uh, with with one of those the fast pass things, it was a sixteen minute wait time for DPS with a priority um, pass. With a priority pass, I have never minutes. had it be over twelve, and even then, the the queues don't usually take twelve. Yeah, well, I I I didn't wait because I didn't want to wait. I usually minutes. just put myself in queue, put on a YouTube video, and just forget I'm in queue until I queue in. I'm just trying to grind out wins. I've only lost two. I, I, I think in the last five or six days, I'm like 12 and two. My junk rat has been popping the heck off. It's been kind of nice. But everybody enjoy the last fleeting moments of 6v6 Overwatch 1. And then we will move into a new age of 5v5 where you don't have to worry about someone picking Roadhog when you've picked D.Va ever again. Instead, you'll just be stuck with a Roadhog. <laughs> Oh, good, good, happy, fun times. Enjoy the week. We'll catch you all next week when we're all Overwatch 2 players. Take care. Bye.